Are we going to talk about it? Let's talk about it right now. Okay. Let's do it. I mean, this will air after... Air Wednesday. Okay. So, I am buying... This segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, episode number 238. It's powered by DeerCast. You're Tim Shelsvick. And you are, of course, the one and only Matt Drury. And you are a big boy. I, I'm a big boy. You're about to be a big boy. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> so we've got, like, the, the deep tease continues <laughs> for your big boyness. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was figuring we needed something to fill in this week to talk about. Another big boy topic. So, so I did something. You did something. And we'll we'll really dig into it. You're, there's a lot to dig into. Pretty awesome. I'm excited Thank to you. talk about it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh it's I am I'm exhausted. Like it's been a roller coaster, like in a good way of a weekend. Yeah. Um, but the short of it is I killed the safe buck. Congratulations. Thank you. Great footage. Thank you. So great shot. Thank you also. Someone on social. Great. And I, I spell this with an H. G-R- <laughs> Did I ever tell you about my license plate on my Ford Bronco 2 no. when I was in college? Did it have great in it? <laughs> I was a huge Wayne Gretzky fan growing okay. up. The great one. So on my Illinois van, I wanted an Illinois, it wasn't quite a vanity plate, but it was like a custom plate. And I wanted to say GR81. Apparently, there's a box you need to check. If they don't have that available, that they give you some random one. <laughs> Getting uh, great too. Well, <laughs> well they, they they just go in like yeah sequence. You were like ninety nine. I was five. <laughs> oh, great five. I was great five. So all my friends are like, oh, "What's great five mean?" Or, or no, grat five. What does grat five mean? <laughs> great. So <laughs> when I saw, when I saw that guy's pose, that just gave me flashbacks to yeah. like. Failed vanity plate back we're, in. We're talking about the guy that came after me the week before <laughs> commented on Tim's uh, Deercast journal, and he used the the number eight in all of his words. GR8. <laughs> it was very interesting. <laughs> Caught my eye. For me sure. too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely dig into that and, uh, and there'll be some B-roll of the, of the hunt that we'll, that we'll share, but we got some new members in the rack pack. Well, let's talk about it, Tim. Let's do. All right. So we are welcoming today, Brian Miller, Paul Kaiser, Todd Powell, Laser McPunch, you might as well laser face McPunch. I can never get these right. I don't know why you laugh at people's names. These could be real people. I laugh because I get it wrong every time. <laughs> Lord, drink water. It should have been it's like drink water. laser punch McFace. All right. Well, that's his heritage. Steve Isaacs, Cody Mountain. He's a mountain of a man. That's a cool Josh name. Josh Dimmitt. Yeah, that is yeah. a cool name. Yeah, so so if you're new to the show, there's always one of these individuals who is made up. And the fun is just guessing who it might be. To whoever's name I screw up. It <laughs> <laughs> could be. And if you want to know how we're getting these names, all you got to do is go over to Facebook in the search bar, type in 100% Wild Rack Pack. Rack Pack. And then you're. I hope nothing else comes up. It should just be us, man. <laughs> it could have been. It could be knows? real bad. <laughs> I joined and I start seeing all kinds of things I didn't sign could up for. Could be real good. <laughs> well, that's true. 
That's we, what she said. We also need to thank Allboy79, who left us a five-star Apple podcast rating, and he titles it Uplifting. Hmm. Says, I have an hour drive to my hunting spot, and I love listening to the guys on my way in. Matt's description of his struggle this season makes me feel less bummed about my crap season. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Glad I can entertain you people. <laughs> and and that's kind of been something you and I have talked about since the very beginning. It's like, yeah. we can't pretend to be something we're not. We'll never be Mark Drury. We'll never be Terry Drury. We'll never be great with an eight hunters. <laughs> no, we'll be okay. And so, like, let's just be honest about the ups and the downs. And, you know, people will either relate to that or not. I'll be honest. I was getting a little cocky going into this season because I thought I figured this thing out. And then we go to Kansas and make some moves. We get on a buck. And then and then I got humbled real quick. Yes. Like. Yes. Well, after I killed my saddle buck, I was like, well, anyone need any deer hunting advice? Because uh, I, I know what I'm doing. And then I had a major failure on the safe buck, and it just makes you question your entire existence. Knock you down a peg or two. Yeah, which is probably good. Like, yeah, it's yeah. pride come before the fall kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Reality is, we suck. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> we got lots to learn, Tim. <laughs> my, my dad would say, like, even the sun shines on a dog's butt every now and again or something along those lines. <laughs> and so sometimes it happens. But y'all don't say that. <laughs> Broken clock is right twice a day. You know what it was? I got too comfortable, and I started to get fancy. That's what happened. That's really what happened. It kind of happened with me on my second encounter with this deer. Yeah. So um, 140-inch suburban Missouri whitetail buck. All right. I asked you this morning, how many acres? Nine. Nine acres. And there's a house on the property. So a hunt, huntably, probably eight. Is that the house? Is that the piece that you killed on a few years back where you see the house? Like, it, I feel like in the edit, you, that's a different piece. Yeah, yeah okay, different, okay. different location. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's my friend Barb and David's house. Oh, Barbsy. And, and <laughs> she's, well, it, and so like, I got a lot of people that texted me this deer season because the Missouri Department of Conservation used an image of me at full draw for the top of their deer hunting permit page. And Scott took the image, right? He did not. David Stoner, who is an MDC photographer. Well, you could have just went same, along with it. Same stratosphere of photographers. Okay. It's at that property. Um, I've hunted for a lot of years. I've taken a few good bucks off of it. Um, but uh, but this year, it, it was a great it was a great like travel corridor. And I every now and again see a great deer coming through, but they would never stay. Um, and so this summer we put in a lot of time and effort to cut out a bunch of hawthorn and bush honeysuckle and just a bunch of crap, poison ivy that had been growing back there, a lot of vining plants. And we put in about a three quarter acre food plot with mossy oak uh, biologic hotspot, a lot of lime, a lot of fertilizer, carrying all this stuff in by hand over the shoulder because you can't get an, a UTV back yeah. there. You can't like, you couldn't even get a tiller back there. So, uh, so it was a lot of, a lot of manual labor and chainsawing things down. Well, how did you break up the, which hotspot you don't need to, right? You can, they suggest it. It's optimal if you can. Um, but, uh, we, we got this little, like, like a garden weasel style tiller back there. And, I, you know, I was like bouncing off of concrete. It would just go and bounce around and get tangled up in vines. It yeah. was pointless. Yeah. So um, the, the hotspot has some deer radish in it 
and, and the thinking is like a few years of that and that may break up the soil a little bit on its own. Yeah. So right now it's just kind of, it's hard. Packing. And that hotspot, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it made for areas where you might have like foliage, but like don't have a ton of sunlight coming through? Yeah. Yeah. They say like three to four hours of sunlight is, is pretty much all it needs. Yeah. And, and that's, that's pretty much true. Um, and so like we're in the green revisited stage and, uh, phase and, and I, like, I didn't want to go out and hunt. I, I we were just coming off of traveling for the ho- for the Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah. It was going to be 20 degrees Friday morning. Tim was chilly. I was going to be in a tree stand <laughs> and I just, you know, yeah, it just was not going to be the most comfortable thing. And, you know, I was still licking my wounds from my previous encounters with him. So you had you sat that spot since you missed him? I don't think so. So you let it cool off. That's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and I know that morning hunts are not something that, you know, are typically advised for this particular phase, but it's, you know, it kind of, it's kind of like what we say with deer cats. Like we're not asking people to turn their brains off. I had MRI of him in the mornings, yeah. you know, over there. So I was like, oh, I'm, plus you're in his bedding. I mean, you're, that's basically, you're right. He's close. Near. He's, he's close in there somewhere. And, and I think when Mark and Terry talk about that, they they transition back to hunting food source a lot, which your food source is in the bedding. So, yeah. you know, more or less it's in yeah. the bedroom. So I think like you said, you gotta, you gotta use your, your brain a little bit and know, all right, what, mm-hmm. what is this deer doing? What's my setup? These yeah. are generalities that these guys are talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. They're principles. And that's part, that's part of the fun of it is like taking what like the best practices and then customizing them to your, you know, how you need to hunt. Yeah. Um, but uh, but got in the stand and and got set up and and I filmed a little more than I normally do. Like you get to this point in the season and you're just like, I don't want to film anything because it's because I'm self filming. It's a hassle. Just taking your hands out of your coat pockets is a hassle because yeah. it's so darn cold. Um, but I, I, I had a, a, a wacky rack buck come through early on and uh, and then a doe and her two yearlings and then her like uh, a spike that was with her and then about 7 15 i saw normally you can't see this far earlier in the year but because the canopy and the foliage was down i could see to the far ridge over there and it's probably 150 200 yards i could see a deer moving and uh and so i turned the camera on i was like oh there there's a deer over there don't know who it is but there's a deer moving and um and, and last year, to better kind of funnel the deer, Jeremy Kerber and I went out there and we kind of created a highway east to west of the property yeah. to at least be able to better Just focus them. out. Yeah, and, and because they would kind of meander through and it was so yeah. thick, the shot lanes were just really difficult. And he was on that little highway that we made. And I was thinking, ah, oh, crap, whoever he is, he's just going to bypass, just go below the plot, bypass me altogether, and I should have brought my saddle and just set up lower. You know, it's like, it's playing whack-a-mole. You never know where they're going to pop mm-hmm. up. Um, and there's a main trail that comes off that that primary east-to-west trail into the plot. And that's what I walked in to get there th- that morning. And I'd covered that a little bit of that little highway, but I'd put nose jammer wax stick on my boot. Yeah. Because this deer covered probably 20 yards of the same trail that I covered. Kind of had his nose down too. Yeah, and didn't seem to be Mm-mm. concerned. No. So I saw him at the intersection of the east to west. <laughs> he probably thought, oh, this guy's back. This guy's harmless. I'm, I'm safe. <laughs> he can't touch me. <laughs> I got a force field around me. Um, but I, I saw him cross that intersection just down below me. 
And and I still couldn't tell who it was. I was like, it, it's a deer. I filmed them a little bit. I can see movement down <laughs> I there. No, it's a deer. <laughs> that's that's all I got. I mean, out there it could be a dog, could be a hiker, yeah. could be a big raccoon. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I stop, I stopped filming, and I'm just standing there. And then I see like there's kind of a, a secondary trail that's not used very often, but for some reason he decided to take it, and it's real thick, bunch of brand, but it's and it's dark. But I saw movement. I'm like, oh, that that's a rack buck. So I better start turning all all the things on, and, and at this point in the season I don't have much cover. Yeah, like that that tree stand is right on the edge of the plot, and there's really not much behind me. Yeah, so I'm very cautious about movement and moving real slow and watching this guy. And uh, and when he steps out a little bit from the wood line, I can see like I see those G twos, and I knew immediately that's the safe buck. Yeah, and my heart just kind of goes into this next gear of oh my gosh this. That he's he showed up. This could happen, and uh, and my mind is thinking, what you know? How do I not screw this up? Like, what things can I avoid doing to, as he's approaching? I, I I don't know where he's gonna come. He starts moving directly towards me. Yeah, like on a on a beeline, which is which you think is great, but it's like too much of a good thing can be not a good thing. Yeah, because as he continues to walk towards me, I'm I'm like. I don't think he's going to turn. I think he may end up right below me. And I've got the big camera going and it's kind of aimed kind of towards the center. Like he might walk out of frame. I may not get a shot on him. This may be, here we go. He again. may handcuff me. Yeah. And and there was a moment where I had to step out of my body and kind of have a sense of humor, like laugh at myself a little bit. And that gave me a little bit of objectivity took me out of the out of the, the kind of the frenetic mental gymnastics that were going on and I was like okay I'm just gonna do what I know to do here and and I had thankfully I had turned on the little point of view camera above me which was like all these things are a gamble like any any movement I feel like is a, is a gamble but it's like I want there to be good footage yeah. like I, I'd like this to be well documented. Yeah. Is turning making this little move? Is this going to cost me the hunt? But it would be really cool to have the angle. Yeah. Um, so I, I got most of the cameras turned on, and and he just started started on his way in. Uh, the one thing I wasn't thinking about during this time was the decision I made as I approached the stand that morning to not take the card out of the Reconyx camera yeah. that was there on the plot. And I'm really glad I didn't. Yeah. I, I mentioned this morning when we came in, I said, man, that footage of him walking through on the, the your Reconyx, your hyperfire picked up HD footage of him walking across the plot real close, like close yeah. footage. It was yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and that's like, that's not fake. Like that is his last, yeah. his last stand as, as he's walking in and you actually see like he's, Half in frame, half out. You see his butt. You see the arrow hit the ground as it, you know, as it zips through him. Um, but it was just like, it, it just, it's surreal. Like anytime, anytime I, I have a buck in front of me and I'm going to shoot it, it just, there's just a different kind of aura about it. Like you go into predator mode and, and it's just, it's so, it's so, cause I don't remember executing the shot. I just remember him getting close. And you'd asked me this morning, what was your thought process around not stopping him? Because he was he, he was walking at a decent clip. I mean, mm -hmm. he was he was kind of head down and he was going somewhere. Yeah, which which that's that too is crazy because he was downwind of me. 
like the wind was going, it was kind of out of the northeast. Yeah. And so it was blowing direct, directly the direction he was walking up. And the only thing I can attribute, there's a couple of things I can attribute there. One, that stand is set so high that, and I've got thermals working for me mm-hmm. in, in the morning. Um, so I think he was underneath my scent profile. But also like I, I showered that morning. I showered in the nose jammer stuff. I sent crushed all my stuff. Yeah. I put nose jammer on my boots. I got dressed at the truck, which is not fun in 20 degrees. Yeah. But like you do, you do all Your the regimen that you've done all year. It <clears throat> paid off. Yeah. And, and the regiment that you want to start skimping on when it gets to this far in yeah. the season, cause you've done it so much yeah. and you just don't think like anything's going to show up. Uh, so he, he was in, in my scent profile. And so that also is in the back of my mind. I'm thinking, you're feeling it on your neck a little bit, the breeze. And- yeah. At any moment he could stop, yeah. whip his head up and, and be gone. Um, but he probably gets down to about 10 yards and starts cutting and there's not really a trail there through, like, it's a lot of crap that we tore off the plot and just piled up on the side. Yeah. But he was apparently going to go through it. Uh, and so he's probably at like 10 yards or so. And I come to full draw, and I just remember kind of having him in my sight picture. Were you at full draw for very long? No. Yeah. No. Because um, he didn't turn. Like, I didn't want to be at full draw and just even be tempted to, to make a, a bad shot, to have him in my, you know, in my sights, but not have him lined up the way but I But you weren't rushed. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I find myself in that instance sometimes rushing if I – draw and shoot so quickly it's yeah. like wait a second what pin did i have you know which now yeah. i'm shooting an hha single pin so it doesn't matter but back in the day it's like all right shoot what did i do what pin what was it you know what's the situations so that's why i asked about your kind of line of thinking through all that because yeah, it I, seemed like it was all happening fast I, I i tend to make my best shots when i don't have much time to yeah. sit and think and, and, and case in point my second encounter with him when he was behind that tree and i was just standing there at full draw i was like eh, maybe i can maybe i can do this and I just rushed it. Yeah. So, um, so I, I did not stop him. He was so close, and um, we had a, a hunt with Coondog a couple weeks back where he had a buck. He was hunting on the ground. He had a buck walk in front of him, and he met. And the deer just ran. Yeah. Which is not something they normally do. Normally they, st- they stop and, and they look. But Same you thing. are right on top of that deer. Yeah. And 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 I was like, the equation is working. He's coming where he needs to come and he's close enough. I don't want to add anything else into this equation that may cause him to bolt. Yeah. Probably nine times out of 10, he would stop and it would have been cool to have him, you know, see his rack turn and look up and everything. Uh, But I just, I just needed to get the shot. I could have, I could see that working against you in that scenario. So close. I'm sure it was quiet as could be. You know, you'd have to, you'd have to be pretty soft and, you know, not a, and, and in the excitement, usually I, I'm too loud anyways. So yeah. I, I could see that spooking them. And I, I mean, that gnarly deer that I killed a few years ago at dad's same scenario. I didn't stop him. He walked, walk, you know, seven yards below us and I just got the right, waited kind for the of, right yeah, angle basically. But yeah. Uh-huh. He was just walking and, and he was so close. <laughs> it's almost like, all right, here it is. Yeah. 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 And, and you, you just don't want to, you just don't want to do anything else that's going to change their trajectory. Um, so, and, and you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. It's like, oh, it would have been cool to have a little more, like yeah. a few seconds of him just standing there. But I just had so many close calls before. 
wasn't hey, going to do it. All's well that ends well. Yeah, yeah, because hey. I, I I hit him, and um, because the angle was so steep, the shot looks pretty high, but I got both lungs. Awesome. And um, I think I clipped, I clipped liver, also, uh, and he. Uh, Trying to think, was he? He was pretty broadside to you, wasn't he? He was kind of. He was mostly broadside, a slight quartering two. Yeah. So, so it would have been nice, you know, maybe to let him take another step or two, but then I've got the camera arm right here and I I don't want to, there's just a lot of, that's a good point about your angle and he's so close and you're so high up the way you explain this tree stand. I mean, even that when they're close like that and you're higher up, even that's not great for vitals. I mean, obviously perfect placement and getting what you got. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And you think about like, if you go lower, you just have less body for the air to go through so yeah. you don't get the same kind of surface area that that you're that you're disrupting yeah. inside uh but so I, I i take the shot and i hear it hit and 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 i see he donkey kicks like yeah. major donkey kick yep. which you know you think about that for a heart shot deer but not usually a double long um and and he tore off running and you n- you never know what a deer is going to do after they're hit because you don't kn- like I didn't know exactly where I hit him how good the hit was mm-hmm. or anything, but so I, I you know I hit him and I then I go I grab the camera arm and kind of point it in the direction to try to get him running away and he tears off to probably forty yards and just stops and I'm like just go down go down go down please God, go cool. go down and uh, and he he kind of stumbles forward and then falls down, rolls a little bit, gets back up and starts running at me. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's he may come back to me. And and he got up again, got woozy, and then tipped over. Yeah. It was I don't know, it was probably 15 seconds yeah. between shot and him going down. And what's cool is you get to see all of it. You know, it's all on camera. You get to see all of it. And because of the foliage this time of year, you know, pretty much unobstructed. Yeah. Un- uh, yeah. You know. and, and and I don't think you know, the previous two encounters I'd had with him, I, I would not have gotten all the angles and it just like, it needed to happen in this, yeah. in this fashion and it worked uh, out. It, it really did. And, and I like, I, it's not a dignified post kill reaction. I look like I'm insane partially because I, I am, but I just, I was so elated and in disbelief and, like so that deer represents so much work and yeah. effort and teamwork. I had so many friends that came out to help me with that yeah. plot and hanging stands. And, and I had so many pictures of him and so many close calls and my family had done, you know, had, you know, done without me for, you know, while I was out hunting and some positives in the story. <laughs> it's like, Oh, daddy's gone. Good. We can, we're going to finally have a good time around here. Um, but, uh, but there's just so much wrapped up into that yeah. deer. And I think that's the first deer that I've actually had a real history with. I was going to ask you that. Like, if that's the first one where you, you know, it was a battle, you know, yeah. a couple year history, a battle, something you were really putting a plan in place for a deer. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I was like, I feel like a big boy now. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've watched it's this. catching on. <laughs> really? We're all getting Hashtag, big. I'm a big boy. <laughs> I love it. Um, and uh, it, so, you know, to, to have the kind of pictures and video I've had of him, because he was a good looking deer last year. He was. And, uh, and, and he just got better this year. Did I'm, you get the sheds off that deer? No, no. I, you know, I was all over that property. Yeah. And, and I mean, again, it's, like, it's nine acres. <laughs> yeah. It, but it's so thick. It's yeah. like, 
I mean, they could be in front of you and you wouldn't know it. Well, and you, he lived on the neighbors most of the time, right? I, I I'm, yeah. I mean, he, he did not bed there. There were some does that bedded there, but his bedroom was close. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, suburbia is such a weird, yeah, such a weird deal. Um, but, uh, but man, going over to, I was so excited, but I, I kind of had this tradition. I love to see the arrow. Like I make myself go see the arrow. And even if I know where the deer went down, I love to blood trail, oh, especially sure. on a killer blood trail. A lot to learn from it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's just gratifying to me. Like I did that. Like yeah. I caused that to happen. I think it's partially because I've had so many crappy blood trails over the years <laughs> that it's nice to enjoy a really good, yeah. strong one. That's not yeah. a mystery. Um, but, uh, but, uh, but, and I keep shooting that the rage tripan. I, I just, a lot of people love that head. It, and I know that Mark basically switched to it as well. I mean, oh, he's, really? he's shooting it quite a bit. Yeah. Something about that like needle point entry yeah. that just seems to, that thing looks mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it'll hurt you. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's done great on turkeys too. And, uh, so, so yeah, I was just super happy with, with the, the, the wound and it was a full pass through. I mean, really great blood from, the, from the very start. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's the safe buck. And, and afterwards I was like, I hope all the cameras were running. Yeah. You, you hope you didn't screw it up and. A lot of levels of difficulty there when you're doing it on your own and, 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 you know, trying to get it all. I mean, it's hard to make this stuff happen with a camera person mm -hmm. controlling and more worried about that one thing, much yeah. less to worry about the hunting and the camera side. It's that's pretty tough. I was starting to to wonder if I needed to institute kind of a personal rule that I would not hunt that deer without a camera guy. Yeah. Because I felt like there was so much, so much movement and so many things I had to do that maybe that was holding me back and I yeah. needed to just be a little more patient and, and wait till I had someone go with me. You know, an angle that you, I think would benefit you. I I've been watching. So Michael Hunsucker from Heartland Bowhunter, mm -hmm. his Instagram stories, he does this all the time. And I, I don't know if he's putting like, say, you know, the Leopold uh, bino holder. Yeah, yeah. Like it's got a little pocket on the front. I don't know if he's putting his cell phone in there or if it's a GoPro. I kind of feel like oh, it's man, a cell phone, cool. but you get every angle and you get it right down the pipe of oh, when he's shooting yeah. his bow. It's, it is a really cool angle. Uh, so that, that might be something that, it's like one additional thing, but it wouldn't be hard like, to just, no. just reach up and exactly. Tap it's like it. a fail safe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, then, and that is the nice thing about having like the tactic cams going and stuff, because if, if you don't happen to catch it, like I'll put a tactic cam up on the backside of the tree mm -hmm. just so that I can catch something maybe approaching from the, uh, from a side that I just didn't anticipate necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then it was like calling Beth, letting her know, Hey, this, Deer of legend in our household is finally. Did she care? Falled on. She <laughs> cares in the sense that she knows it's, it's been important to me. Yeah. And that as my second Missouri buck tag. Yeah. So, so she's, she's happy for me. She's like, Hey, we get one. She actually really likes venison. Yeah. So she's excited. She's like, Oh, that's a buck. It's a lot of, it's a lot of meat coming into the Good. meat freezer. So, so she, but she doesn't care about the, yeah. the rack, like yeah. the kill, how it all went down. None of that stuff. Yeah. That's where your calls to your friends come in. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and 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 that that's a huge part of the fun. Uh, yeah. Jeremy Kerber came out 
and uh, my buddy Josiah came out. And so they helped me with pictures yep. and everything. Cause there's some things like self-filming. Yeah, I can do that. But to take decent pictures to do the deer justice, yeah, yeah, it's next to impossible to do. Yeah. You guys have had a heck of a season as a whole, your whole group out there, whether yeah. it was the public land hunting that they've done, or I know Jeremy and his boys have had some luck there and their pieces and that that's awesome well and, and that was that was part of my part of my goal early on in the season was to try to do more with friends and yeah. try to enjoy the ride a little more yeah. as opposed to making it a death march all the way through i'm yeah. gonna gonna make this happen and and so far it's it's just been a lot of fun uh, and so like it's been it's been a really great season tag wise but more so it's just been a very, a very like personally satisfying season. Good, good. And the other crazy thing is, I still got a Missouri archery uh, antler or uh, uh, either sex tag I can use. Yeah. So I could potentially kill a third, a third buck. Well, yeah, though. I, you know, so, I mean, not not saying you can't. I'm saying, will will that be your focus? Or I know, you know, Sophie and you know, yeah, it's it's kind of like a, a secondary thing right yeah. now. Uh, Sophie was wanting to go out last night and then changed her mind last minute. So I was like, well, I got the time. I'll go out and I'll just kind of sit and see. But I feel very very little pressure. Yeah, I mean, at this point, there's nothing. I mean, if you want to, you want a little more meat, kill a doe. You know, I mean, there's no yeah. necessarily you've killed two great bucks and two great scenarios. So, at this point, it's like, hey, I'm on easy street. Yeah, what, what I have to be like the right scenario. Yeah, and, and and what I'm thinking about doing is I would like to film a hunt from the ground. Yeah. I've not I've not I don't think I've done that. Like and not being a blind. Like, yeah. I I've, I've got this, this this stack of cedars that the deer travel in and it's so, you know, up close and personal. If I could pull something off in there on the ground like eye to eye, yeah. That would be even doing that to kill a doe would be cool. Yeah. 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 And and there's same there's, property or different piece? Uh this would be a different a yeah. different piece. Yeah. Uh so uh so yeah, but uh, safe buck is down. He's no longer safe. And in fact, you you might pick up on this in some of like the pre-hunt uh, conversation I was having on film. I started to stop using the term safe buck <laughs> because I was afraid that we were creating a self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> on this deer yeah. and making him more of a legend and creating something that didn't need to be there. And uh What'd you just say? This buck? I was thinking about calling him Gerald or something. <laughs> I started calling him my target buck. Yeah. Smart. Uh, but I did interchange it with the safe buck because I don't want to like, I don't know. It seems a little woo-woo to to think like a name would change the behavior Dude, of the deer. It's all about like good mojo, right? And like you gotta have a you know, like when things are going not your way, you you want anything to switch it up to yeah. go your way. Ball players, you know, whatever, the af professional athletes. It, Big time. It's just that's I don't know. It's and a thing. And just the confidence, like you know, what what calling something does to your confidence yeah. and, and the aura around that particular thing, whatever it is, like that makes a difference in how you approach it. Should have just said the not so, safe buck. We should, well, I mean, it it's your name. <laughs> I'm so, sorry. I'm sorry I did that to you. But, you know, when we were texting safe. after it and is, you said something like, finally, I go, hey, just made for a better story. A big time. You yeah. know? <laughs> like, it was it just mentally and emotionally yeah. exhausting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I just feel so good right now. That's, that's awesome. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And, it's uh, a good feeling because it, it doesn't mean anything to anybody else. Like here's the reality of it. it. 
it means nothing to anybody. That other one guy than, that thought it was great. Other than that guy that yeah. thought it was great. Uh, but everybody's happy for you. But in the, re- and I think I talked, t- touched on this on another podcast. It's like the reality of it is life goes on that next mo- morning. Yep. It's an Instagram I mean? post. Someone sc- scrolls through and like, Hey, yeah. that's cool. Cool. Tim got on a deer, great uh-huh. deer, yep. you know, and that's it. And so it, you have to make it about how you feel about it. It's gotta be, about, and it really, that goes back to the size of deer and you know, shouldn't do it for anybody else. Cause yeah. the reality is nobody gives a crap about it when it's done. Yeah. So if it made you feel good, then you should be proud of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that deer, that's, I mean, you then add on top of it, he was a hell of a buck and you had all this history even better. Yeah. Yeah. No, no kidding. So, uh, so yeah, uh, he's, uh, he's at the taxidermist now shoulder mount. I haven't done a shoulder mount in probably five years. Yeah. I think my Ozarks buck down at devil's backbone was the last year that I got shoulder mounted. Nice. I got a lot of euros, but, yeah. but it's like this deer, the history, the context, like it just makes sense. Absolutely. So 10 to 12 months. I'll have him back. <laughs> I saw him basically had him for a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so Isn't that crazy. Well, chance came by at 2 AM this morning. They're traveling back from Wisconsin and scenic rivers taxidermy is who is, who's doing the work. They're down in Salem, Missouri. And I was like, man, how am I going to get this deer done? It's like a two or three hour drive for me. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so they stopped by on their way down from green Bay early at two o'clock this morning and got the deer head. I'm saying this on air just so that other people know he has it in case I don't get it back. I thought it was like to make up for the fact that you took his wife <laughs> and got her a I'll buck. be taking this. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> like, all right, I got a new mount for the lodge. <laughs> Kill the devil's backbone outfitters. <laughs> That's right. You're lying. That's so, funny. so those guys did a really nice job though with my Ozarks buck. And yeah. I've seen some examples of some kind of sketchy taxidermy. Honestly, uh, that's something where it's, kind of getting harder to find because because if there's a good a good one they're busy and, and yeah. it takes a long time and you're to gonna get, pay something for it yeah i mean I, I don't mind that part because these guys are doing the work yep. you know what i mean it's as long as they're not price gouging you i mean i don't mind like look i i'm not gonna say the name of where i used to go but I, this guy was price gouging at the mm-hmm. end of his career and, and 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 the work was subpar at best yeah. and i mean you I think I've shown you, but like, looks like somebody, like I had a zipper down the back of both. Yeah. The, that these was deer, crazy. And it took forever to get them. And I paid out the butt for him. It's like, all right, so this guy's not doing them anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's just finding a good guy, you know, it's like, you, you better be ready to pay. You better be, yep. be ready to wait. And those yeah. are the kind of two things. I think everybody's kind of used to that at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tempting. Like there are some cut rate guys out there that maybe do it on the side and they don't have the best practices and, but you could save a lot of money, but you may end up paying for it in the long run. Yeah. And you know, it's supposed to be forever, right? So yeah. Yeah. You, you want to look like, I, I hope, like I foresee, I hope that my mounts will end up in my kids' homes someday and they'll be able to tell the story and download the link to the hologram in their brain, watch their dad kill that deer (laughs) on video. Maybe it's at their hunting cabin on their hunting property. I like that. You know, they've been inviting their dad to come hunt for years. There you go. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an end of a chapter and, uh, and I, I just can't believe like we have so many pictures and so many videos of him trail camera, uh, pictures. You know, here's the thing. And now you're going to wake up 
and and you're not going to be checking the cameras, the cards for him no more. Like this is gone. It's done. I, That's I a weird thought about feeling. that. That's a it's like a weird feeling to be like, dang, now what? You know, I, I have had the thought like now what? But I had not thought about like I kind of miss him he, not being out there. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, the few deer that I was after this year, like. All of them except for two are no longer showing up on camera. Right. <laughs> right. It's yeah. like wah wah. I look at it and there's a bunch of spikes and yeah. you know does. And every once in a while, the you know two deer that that are still on the property are showing up, and it's like oh hey there he is you know and sure on a one really really good deer you know and hopefully he he left for basically all a gun season and we thought oh man he's toast and then he showed up last night so. This morning, rather. So hopefully we'll be Gives able to... some hope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, you hear people say, I'm on a big one. I'm not on this deer. There's, it'll be, you know, he, he's never, hardly ever on this property and we don't, we've never seen sure. him. You know, it's one of those deals where you hear a guy say, yeah, I got a trail camera picture of a really nice buck. It's like, oh, okay, but are you on that deer? No, <laughs> I am not on this deer. So. And, and, and that's that's one of the, the, the lessons I've learned from the safe buck is that until that deer is dead and in your pickup truck, he's not yours. New. No. And you may think like... At least the odds are in your favor. Like you had plenty of daylight videos and you uh-huh. know what I mean? Like you had a lot of sightings. You You were in his core. It was just a cat and mouse game. Yep. So I, I would say, that, like the way I look at it, you were on that I buck. I was on him. If you've never seen the deer and you've only had pictures of him at night, you're not on that deer. <laughs> yeah. and, and believe me, I get pictures from friends who are like, hey, check this out. And it's like all these great deer. It's like, okay, let me know when you kill him. Yeah. Because right now you're a great wildlife photographer. Now, it, it, a guy like Mark. When he gets a picture and it's a nighttime picture, I'm like, well, he's going to kill that deer tomorrow. Yeah, that, that deer is like, in trouble. Yeah, for sure. But, but the rest of us, you know, I'm like, well, all right. And, and in suburbia, like, he could have been hit by yeah. a car. He could have been chased by a dog. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and people can rifle hunt in that part of really? West County. Yeah, West St. Louis County. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just, that seems dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but take they the can. old six eight <laughs> shoot <laughs> thousand yards. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, across your three acre property. Yeah, weird. Uh, so uh, so yeah, it, it, like every time I saw him on camera, it was a little bit of a relief that okay, he didn't get hit. Yeah, He's, someone else did, and there are other bow hunters around. I'm sure. Oh uh, yeah, sure. So uh, so yeah, it's still hard to believe. Congratulations, thank that's, you. That's one to be proud of for a long time. Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, and uh, so that hunt is is over in Deercast. Filter by journals, and you can find it, and then it'll end up being a dream season live yep. episode sometime yep. in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Here. So, just pretty a cool. Of, a lot of footage to rip through. Yeah. Yeah. Which the, the, the deer cast, what's in there now? It's, I mean, you know, a few, what, how, how long? Five, seven and a half, seven, minutes. eight minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, it, quick hunt, and it, it's worth watching that. Him coming through that plot, like, it amazed me. Like, just not a care in the world, just walking through. And then when I saw the Reconyx video pop mm-hmm. up, I'm like, whoa, that is awesome. Really cool. You got, you got all kinds of angles on yeah. this guy. Yeah. He deserved so, it. Yeah. He, he was a really good deer. So, well, speaking of deserving individuals, Clinton Manning has a question for us. All right. Well, let's do it. Yes. Question of the day is brought to you by 
the Sportsman's Channel, your home for everything red, wild, and blue, and the home of Winchester and Drury's Natural Born. New episodes getting ready to start into December. Sweet. Yeah, that's exciting. I've proofed all of them several times. It's kind of exciting to me to hear the turkey hunts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so usually almost every episode has a turkey hunt in it. I like that. Not all of them, but there's so much. I mean, hell, there's usually two or three kills. You know, uh-huh. whitetail kills, yep. and it's it's a that's an entertaining show because you get it's no frills, like it's a a lot of action uh-huh. throughout from start yep. to finish. No farting so, around. Yeah, there you go. Fiddle farting around. Uh, the farting around happens here. <laughs> okay, all right. So let's hear what Clinton has to say. Hey, Matt and Tim. My name is Clinton Manning, and I'm from Eastern Iowa. I just purchased my first farm this summer at age 21. It's 10 acres, all wooded with big timber surrounding and it is landlocked. My only access is about a half mile walk to the west side. My question is how can I better my access to the middle and far end of my farm without busting out everything in the process? Thank you. Where was he doing this? Maybe I think he's he at was, work. He was flying a helicopter. <laughs> that didn't sound like he was on like a dock or uh <laughs> That's where he was landing it. Yes, okay. Um, first off, he's 21 years old, just bought a 10 acre piece of ground. How cool is that? Pretty cool. That guy's got his priorities straight. He's a big boy. <laughs> he really is. No kidding. Uh, and and so like 10 acres, but it's landlocked. So he's got like probably an easement or something that he's using yeah. to get in there. And he's just trying to figure out how, how because it's mostly timber, it sounds like. 10 acres. And and as you've proven, you can do a lot with 10 acres. Yeah. Um, the, the concern would be busting them out. So... I would look to see if there's a way to access it from, you know, from the south side. So you're hunting it predominantly northerly, northwest, west, like those types. Yeah. So that I'd look at that first. But maybe, maybe the scenario is deer bedded on the south side. So you got to think about what if he knows where the bedding at. And a good time to look at that would be like shed season to kind of go through sure. there, or if it just snowed to kind of understand where the deer tracks are, where they're living, and then kind of put your game plan together because you're not going to shift where they're bedded unless you know you're doing some tsi which those are all mm-hmm. things that you can do and 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 change it a little bit but if they're in there and they're living there already figure out where they're at that's mm-hmm. what i would do and yeah. then i'd figure out my game plan of what wins i would need to hunt the deer and and plan my access based on that yeah. now he may not be able to i don't know if his easement so you know his easement comes in at the southwest corner or, you know there's those factors that you got to figure mm-hmm. out but um certainly I'd, I'd first look to see where the deer kind of bed if they're bedded in there and, and make my plan kind of around that yeah. You know, are they headed to a destination food source on a neighboring property or, you know, cause you might be able to catch them, you know, and there's might be a funnel of sorts or a pinch point sure. or, you know, and so I'd base everything off of where they're coming and going to and, and start there. That's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was initially my thought was like, you got to figure out what their patterns are, like what's around, what the neighbors have. And then like, can you get additional ease? Like, can you get additional access on different sides to give you a little bit of flexibility yeah. based on the wind or what you find out that they're doing? But like, you just have to have some intel 
before you go too far. Some of those things take a few years to figure it out. I mean, I had hunted the Ellsbury lease for a long time and, and there was a very good spot that I thought this would be a great spot for a morning hunt. Always got pictures of bucks during the rut, kind of dog and does through there. We hung a stand. We sat there a few times. I got busted every time getting in and we felt like we had a pretty smooth way in, but they were bedded right there. Mm. We, we just weren't beating them back to to bed even that early in the morning. So sometimes you just can't, there's some things you just can't do without screwing the spot up. So you got to, you know, we just, we've never hunted there since, you know, I got busted two or three times. I'm like, all right, this is not worth the intrusion. And, and hell, I felt like I was kind of on the outskirts where the spot was. And it's uh, still, still, we still, yeah. they were always right there, you know? Yeah. And uh, I was, I don't remember where I was having this conversation at, but some rifle hunters were, at, oh, maybe it was in the rack pack. There was a guy talking about gun hunting and wondering like, it, what if anything he should do for scent management and it's like it never hurts to do more personal scent management so yeah. you do everything you can to limit intrusion including your scent profile it's only gonna help yeah so just don't you know, let them know you're there basically exactly exactly yeah so uh, but congratulations on your first piece of ground man that's awesome and a good segue it really is um i should also say Clinton, reach out to me and we'll get you a Deercast hat for the best big, part. That's right. And it may be a new one. Oh. Yeah. Are they in? I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> I order this stuff. <laughs> if we don't have a Deercast hat, we'll send you 30 DVDs. How do you like that? We just ran a sale, a Black Friday sale over the whole weekend and sold a lot of DVDs. It's it's crazy. Like we you know, people keep kind of making fun of DVDs, but keep people keep wanting them yeah so they're not 100 outmoded yet crazy yeah <laughs> a, lot, a lot of deer camp collections i think all right okay the wildlife word Woo-wee. it's brought to you by the stanley sportsman series of insulated mugs cheers Cheer. <laughs> it's knocked uh there we go got knocked silly cheers to the safe book. <laughs> to the safe book. He did. He gone. The perfect gift idea for the outdoorsman in your life. And this is about the perfect stocking stuffer size. Yeah, exactly. It's a great size for taking like a drink with you in the stand. It's my it's my go-to. Actually, a guy at church, a new guy at church, saw me with that yesterday. A new guy. A new guy. And his wife, he's like, hey, cool, uh, uh, cool mug there. You hunt? And then, like, he's actually a fan of Mark and Drury, has been a Drury Outdoors fan for years. That's cool. And uh, I was like, I never heard of those guys. <laughs> I do not know them. <laughs> I'm not associated with them. <laughs> no, but it's, it's cool, like, that you make connections with people just based Absolutely. on Absolutely. Okay. So we're going to talk about orders. White-tailed deer belong to the order of ungulata, commonly referred to as the ungulates. What body feature puts white-tailed deer in this classification of animals? Is it A, lack of a discernible butt, i.e. Hank Hill? B, odd number of eyelashes? C, a long nose? Or D, the presence of hooves? (sighs) It's either C or D, obviously. Um, Let's see. That deer's got no butt. Uh, I'm going with D. Your gut serves you well. It's big. Presence. <laughs> Get bigger. Big boy. 
Yeah, presence of hooves. So there are different, like, there are split hooves, even hooves, odd hooves, uh, single hooves. Like, though, that's kind of how they break out this order of of ungulates. Now we know. Yeah. We needed that the morning you know do, sound. Do, 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 I do my own stunts. There you go. Yeah, boy. Well, so next week you are officially big boy. Yeah. Big boy Matt Drury. Matthew Drury. I'll have to call you Matthew. Yes, sir. be big. Are we going to talk about it? Let's talk about it right now. Okay. Let's do it. I mean, this will air after... It'll air Wednesday. Okay. So... I am buying a farm, 102 acres. Woo. It's got a house on it. It's got a, uh, a a shed on it. Uh huh. And I'm a big boy. <laughs> you're you're gonna be able to hunt your own ground. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. It may be a couple of years till it's really got something on it. That, yeah. that I'm chasing. But sure. it's it's got 40 acres of tillable, 60 acres of you know of timber. Okay. And, it's it's a Sweet. it's got an acre and a half pond on it, real pretty pond right nice. in front of the house. Like, it's exciting, but very nerve wracking. Like I <sighs> am fixing to write a check that yeah. hopefully my butt can cash <laughs> starting tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Well, congratulations. I know that that's a big step, and that's like that's not just you. That's Miranda yeah. being on board and yep. organizing all the resources. And, yeah. Uh, Some sacrifices are going to be made, and you know, and if. It's one of those deals where you know, I was talking to dad about it. He's like, I was like, man, I just don't know if I can swing it, you know? And he's like, he's like, the first one, I didn't know either. You know, you're never yeah. going to be sure. And he goes, once you do it, you know, and I, it's not like I'm going crazy and really overextending myself. Like I'm at the edge. <laughs> sure. And yeah. he's like, you're never going to be in a good spot to, you just got to do it. And, um, and he goes, once you get used to it, he goes, you, you won't, you know what I mean? It's, it won't feel sure. like such a heavy burden. Yeah. But yeah, you live with it. But once I sign the, the, the prep work to decide to, to buy it, then to, to sign the contract, like there was a, a few weeks there where, I mean, just felt like a heavy weight, like a uh, nauseous kind of a, like, am I doing this? Am I doing this? I like, would, I would feel the same. Yeah. And uh, so I'm excited. You know, I'm the most excited of, of my family. <laughs> what do the kids know? Yeah, they, I've been talking about it with them and, and, uh, they haven't gone and checked it out yet. Miranda came and, and saw it with me and, and well, uh, before good. I signed the, the contract on it and I, I've been talking about it a lot with them because Lola kind of have a running joke. Like I drop Cameron off in the mornings and then I go to drop Lola off. And, and when we're in the truck together, I'm always like, now what should we do? And one day I said, should we go hunting? And she's like, yeah, you know, and she's, she's just, she's a real character. And so, uh, like even this morning I go, now what? And she's like, should we go hunting? And I was like, yes, but I go, I'm next year. I'm not saying I won't take her yet this year. I don't know. I'll have the opportunity, but I go next year. I will have a, we'll have a farm where you can spend the night at a house, That's you cool. know, and we can go to the farm. We can yeah. fish. Like I'm trying to, they're just not getting enough. They're not getting enough, um, rural country life, country life interaction. Yeah. And as much as I would love for them to have it, our, we're nowhere near that right now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and either I got to drive an hour and 20 minutes or an hour and five minutes or, you know, and kids like that's such a hassle. It is a little bit. And, but I'm very cognizant of the fact that if I don't 
present the opportunity for them, they can't ever experience it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I got him in Cub Scouts and we're trying to do things, you know, there's certain things that we get to do there and hikes and this and that. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I want the same for her. So in general, like a big part of my decision-making was if I don't ever do this, it's one thing, like I, I, I partnered up with dad and a very minority partner and, <laughs> and we had a couple pieces together, but those yeah. were just, those were just, that was just recreational hunting ground. Yeah. No, you know, house on or nowhere to stay or anything like that. So it was never anything that they would be able to go with me and mm-hmm. really spend time. This is a Base where we can go as a family yeah. and we can spend weekends and we can, you know what I mean? And have extended periods of time where we get to enjoy the outdoors. And, uh, that was as much of a factor as our future financially and like, and, and an investment and, and what we do for a living, obviously mm-hmm. it was sure. as much about that as it was about the kids and, and getting mm. them these experiences that if I don't make the effort, they're not going to get otherwise. Yeah. And so I made the plunge and, um, and so, you know, <laughs> we'll take it from here. We'll see. <laughs> like it's got some history that the owner before the owner that owns it now, uh, had some decent deer history on it, some turkeys okay. on it. And and the one that has it now, um, was it, he loved hunting, but it was a different, probably a little different style of hunting than, uh-huh. you know, it was kind of whatever, whatever he could get in front of him was going to sure. go down, which is fine, you know, but we're going to try to get in there and manage it for some age class. And I even thought, you know, maybe by next year, it might be ready. Cameron might be ready. He'll be eight. He might be ready mm. to actually, you know, yeah. hunt. And, and you know, I know plenty of people take their kids at six, seven, eight, you know, whatever. Sure. But because he hadn't had these experiences, I always felt like he wasn't ready for it yet. Mm-hmm. And now maybe it'll be a different story. So, Boy, it'd be cool if he took his the, first deer on your ground. Yeah. It'd be even cooler if he took the first deer on oh, that yeah. ground. Yeah. So I, you know, that's a long, you know, that's a long ways out from today. And, uh, but I'm excited. I'm nervous, but there's a lot that, that we're going to do to the property, not yeah. only from the hunting standpoint, but from, uh, you know, I want to renovate the, the, the house okay. area and kind of fix it up a little bit and, and make it a little more cozy, you know, for the family sure. and, and, uh, the, the shop area is really cool. Dude. Like big, like enclosed, you know, part of the shed the, the shop side of it and you can shoot in there right like it's big enough to shoot you could probably yeah you probably could it's you could probably get it's 1200 square feet the the enclosed part so yeah you could um i didn't think about that actually but it's a place to store our gear and mm, it'll be yeah. kind of our war room you know for scott and i to set up shop and have our camera gear and our yeah. sink crusher closets yeah, and all this just stuff. the convenience and yeah. the time savings like once you get all that stuff set up yeah so God. I'm very excited. Like I said, I keep saying it, very nervous. Um, Appropriately and- so. Like like when you're the head of a household, like these decisions that you make, yeah, like they impact Oof. the future of your family. Well, you know, you say that she and I had to, we had to uh, personally, you know, guarantee the financial side of it. So you're signing documents that say, Hey, if you fall short on your payments, you know, your house is up for, for dibs here, you know, that's yeah. some serious business. And I know there's plenty of people that do this stuff obviously every day and at much bigger, but when it's your first, you know, and it's very nerve wracking. And obviously we've done this, we have a home, you know, here in, in, in the St. Louis area and we have that financial responsibility, <laughs> but, uh, this is the next level and next step. And, 
it's very exciting. A cool new chapter in your family's history. It like, is. Like this is like a, a real delineation before and after the farm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, you know, I call dad every once in a while and I called him today about the insurance side of it, getting get advice, oh, you know, yeah. it's like, all right, so I can insure this. And what do you set the premiums at or what's the home value? And the, it's got, it's been appraised, but then uh -huh. you got to decide what you feel like, you know, you, it's worth, you, you, you know, putting down on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What you're comfortable, what you can live with. And yeah. If, if the, the damn thing burned down tomorrow, yeah. from what, what's, what the value is and all that stuff. So th th that's why it was, you know, we've, we've had a good time with it, but that's why I said making big boy decisions because these are really not things that I've had to, that I've had experience with. So sure. it's a new chapter in that regard, like learning everything about it. Like, you know, what is escrow? Yeah, it's it's just out of my league. You know, in that regard, so learning a lot there, and uh -huh. and, and and been working with some great people on the funding side. The, the a company called Buckley and Funding over in Illinois, and they kind of specialize in this. Hmm. And you know, and so that that's been a good experience. And cool. Anytime I've had questions, you know, I've been able to to get some good answers. Tucker Corey on the insurance side over in Illinois, and he's done some stuff for us. And as a as a company goes. Sure. And so it's, you know, there's been a lot of people that I've leaned on to, to ask questions of. It's times like this when you appreciate people who specialize in things that uh, numb your brain. Yeah. Like I could never wade through 30 pages of a deed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I've done a little, I mean, I've done that stuff before, but not where I guess the stakes are as high as it's mm. just like, yeah, there's no, there's no net here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want to skip through something and sign it and then be like, Oh, what was that? Again? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so been, when, when do you take possession tomorrow? Let by noon, I'll be, It'll be mine. Wow. Went out there on Sunday, my brother-in-law and I, he, he kind of specializes in, in HVAC and, and, and knows that world. And so okay. we looked at, you know, looked at that side of it. Cause it's got, it's got, uh, it actually has, um, central air, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have central heat. It's got a, um, a, like a furnace type thing that's hooked to, um, natural gas and huh. no, not natural gas, propane, sorry, rather. And anyways, um, so it doesn't, that's not hooked to the vents. Like it's just centralized. It's in the middle of the house and you gotta leave all the doors open. And I thought, yeah, yeah I bet that gets kind of cold. I, they said it'll run you out of there. You know, if you really crank it up, it'll run sure. you out. It gets so hot. But so anyways, he looked at the, the air and there's a way to, there's a little, you know, piece that you can buy for 180 bucks and you can convert this thing into being central air and central heat. Oh. And, you know, so I'm like, all right, we're going to do that. It, of mm -hmm. course, there's a mouse problem there. So I got to figure out that or else. Yeah. My wife will never go. So I know I'm not going to be able to like totally take control of that, but I got to figure out how to like suppress it. Let as a few much snakes loose. You'll be good. And we're not doing that. Yep. <laughs> so we'll get a cat. I got good news. And I got bad news. Yeah. No more mice. We have snakes. We are loaded up on black snakes. <laughs> so sorry about that. Uh, yeah. But anyways, I'm real, real wow. excited. Well, congratulations in advance. Yep. So by the time people are hearing this, you will already be a big boy. <laughs> yeah. And surprisingly, I don't know who made the meme or whatever it was. No, not a meme, I guess. But the, the Instagram reel <laughs> that Tree Outdoors used. And oh, yeah, you yeah, see yeah, the video? yeah. The podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, man, it must be really big, whatever this is. <laughs> Somebody said we're pregnant. I'm like, no. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That that would be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say terrible. Yeah. <laughs> terrifying yeah more, more scary than that yeah so. scarier than buying a farm <laughs>
Yes. Now, honestly, the thing I'm most scared about, like I'm not worried about the hunting side. Like we're going to get that dialed in. Although there's a lot that I have no idea. Scott and I talked about, it's like, all right, we don't know how to plant corn or beans. Or, we've mm. never had any experience with any of those types of yeah. things. Um, obviously the green plot stuff, I think we got a beat on, but mm -hmm. now I got to get a, now I got to figure out how to get a tractor. <laughs> yeah, there's a huge All yard on this stuff. thing. So just mowing the grass, mowing the you know, the upkeep. That's honestly, yeah. that's the stuff that has kept me up. Like what if the pipes freeze, you know, we're supposed to have a cold winter. What if, you know, cause I'm like, I'm going to be there every day. And so yeah, those like are the things. Two households. Yeah. They're scaring the crap out of me. So. Right. More than anything, those are the things that I got to dial in and figure out and get a beat on. And yeah. when we were up there yesterday, there's a, you know, there's a cellar and uh, like a tornado shelter or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and it's got standing water in it. There's a sump pump. The sump pump's supposed to be running all the time. And it, it was like clogged. It's like, it, it looks like a snake pit. Like I'm talking like Indiana Jones, like. <laughs> can only imagine. It looked, I'm like, oh, okay. Who's like, living down here? So I was like, you know, you got to go down there every time you go here. I'm like, shit. <laughs> not trying to sound like a weenie, but I hate snakes. <laughs> that yeah. looked like a snake well, pit to me. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the lacrosse boots there by the, yeah. by the door. And so a snake can be in it. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah, huh? exactly. So those are the things. It's got well water. It's got lagoons. It's got like things that I'm not really accustomed to. Yeah. Y you know, but yeah. you'll figure it out. It's that's like exactly right. You'll, you'll figure, figure it out, out as we go. It, yeah, it won't be a big deal. The pipes, pipes burp, burst here. Uh, <laughs> we'll figure that out too. <laughs> We're going to try not to have that happen. That'll be like a whole separate adventure. Even that, there's like a, there's a toilet in the shop and, and there's a sink, but the sink drain is just a, it's not even a pipe. It's like a plastic tube that just goes outside. I've heard of older houses that have that. There's just like a drain field in the yard. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. And so the water was shut off to that, but the toilet, it still got like, it had a little bit in the tank and in the bowl and it was blue. And I'm like, did he clean it? And then, and then under the sink, there's antifreeze. It's like, okay, okay, I get it. Now it, there's antifreeze in here. So the lines are drained, but there's antifreeze in the toilet to so it doesn't freeze up. Yeah. It's that type of stuff that I'm like, OMG. You're going to learn some stuff. Yeah. Big time. Bigly. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be huge. Yeah. So nice. Anyways, well, I'm, that's I'm my happy news. For you. I'm happy for you guys. Like, you're, I think the kids are going to love it, like fishing in the pond. Like yeah. A lot of good memories about to be made. Yeah, excited. And if it doesn't work out, maybe we'll give it away for like the 40-year <laughs> anniversary of Drury Outdoors or mm, something. There you go. So, <laughs> there's, a, there's your net. I don't know that I'd be giving it away for free, Tim. <laughs> Smart. It's the difference between Terry and Mark and myself. <laughs> giving altruism. People. I'm trying to keep. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Well, yeah, more farm adventures to come. I'm sure. I have a feeling. Yeah. I'm thinking we're going to create a little YouTube, like my first form, like a YouTube series of Heck like yeah. my misadventures. <laughs> you think this podcast has some misadventures. Wait oh till boy. I'm on the farm. Yes. On a daily <laughs> some basis. of them will cost some money. Yeah. So not mm. looking forward to that either. <laughs> awesome. Well, just another reason for people to stay tuned to the show. All right. It involves. Thank we'll you to everyone them. who's yeah. uh, hopping into the rack pack. We continue to get more folks in there, which is a lot of fun. Absolutely. So. All right. right. Until next time. See you later. Peace out. Temperatures are going to be dropping. Perfect conditions for the skinny. Field. I got to focus on those afternoon hunts. Northwest Tree Stand, 5 p.m. It's the easiest decision you'll make this season. Get ahead of your game with DeerCast. Big boy. Big boy. We're big. Two bigs.
We need a uh, soundboard. Bite. I'm a big boy. That needs to who, be a soundboard. Bite. Who, like, is there a movie reference for that? Oh, just or we just pull it from our own? own? Wow. Team Big Boy. Yeah, but I don't think he ever says, I'm a big boy now. No. Maybe type that in and see if anything comes up. Ah, good point. Oh, uh, weird. It's in my history. I should know. That's our tag. What? Is uh, toys or us, right? No. Oh, no. It's a diaper. Mommy, wow. I'm a big kid now. 